Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Welcome in, everybody, to the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show. Thanks for being here with us. A lot to cover today. We've got preparations for what could be a COVID winter all over again. Omicron has the health apparatus all spun up. We'll talk about what they're doing here. Fauci addresses natural immunity and masks. You know how Clay and I feel about those topics. We'll discuss that with you. Inez Cantor has a great moment becoming a U.S. citizen. Welcome to the family, Inez. We'll be discussing that. The NBA player, in case you don't know. And we've also got a possible Supreme Court sidelining, in a sense, for Kamala Harris. It's it's making the rounds. Maybe it's just a conspiracy, but it's a fun idea to talk about if we can. We'll get there. Bro Cuomo over at CNN having some issues with possibly helping his brother try to avoid uh, accountability from his sexual harassment accusers, the former and disgraced governor of New York. And early signs from the new Twitter CEO, not good for the First Amendment in principle or in or in practice, most likely. We'll see how that all shakes out. But I, I wanted to start today with you have Fauci. Uh, Clay, who's going out there, and I, I, I worry that what's going to happen is they're going to immiserate as many people as they can going into this winter with the idea that it's all a big precaution. Whatever we have to do, they're not actually going to base it on the numbers as they are in terms of mitigation measures and all this stuff, but in fear of what the numbers could be. And they're also going to suppress things that don't conform to the narrative of do what we tell you or else. Natural immunity. How important is it for all of us to get back to normal to understand the scope and scale of natural immunity? Here's Fauci when asked about this, and we'll dissect the answer. The issue of if you've been infected, how long your protection lasts We don't have enough information of that to give a great deal of confidence, although it is true, to be fair, that when you do get infected and you recover, you have a degree of protection that's substantial. The question is, 
What is the durability of that? And that's the reason why the CDC recommends that even if you have been infected and recover, if you do get uh, a vaccine, the level of your protection goes way, way up. And that's the reason why they recommend it. What's the durability of the vaccine, Clay? Do they know? I mean, they have a range. No, we don't know how long. It's not even a vaccine. We got to start calling it a COVID shot because we don't call it usually the flu vaccine. That's basically what the COVID shot is. It is a flu shot that potentially you're going to have to get every six months for the rest of your life. And it's going to provide limited protection going forward. So this is one of many reasons why when Dr. Fauci says, I am science, which is such a ridiculous thing to say, he's not actually science because science would acknowledge that everyone isn't at the same risk of COVID and everyone's medical needs as it pertains to COVID would be different. A five-year-old is under far less uh, risk than an 85-year-old. A 40-ish year old person like me who has already had and recovered from COVID is at a different risk than a 65-year-old who's never been exposed to COVID. These are all rational choices that individuals should be able to make going forward. And Buck, I was reading this morning, there evidently are studies that say 92% of people, either now in the United States, certainly in England, have either had COVID or gotten the vaccine. And you look at the numbers, by the way, 80% of people who are 18 years and older have already gotten at least one shot of the COVID vaccine over 99% of people who are 65 or older. If the COVID vaccine really worked, if it were a true vaccine, we wouldn't be seeing record highs in New Hampshire, in Michigan, in all of these States right now, we wouldn't be seeing it happen. And so what is the response we're going to get from the health authorities? More of the same, by the way. Nothing changes from their perspective based on what we've gone through, what our experience has been. Again, Mr. I am science. I love data. Doesn't really have a lot of data or science to speak of on some of these issues. Here's a perfect example. In New York City, Clay, they just uh, declared... And I, but we're gonna. It's gonna be tough. What are man. you you're, gonna do? That's gonna, the, uh, tell, tell people the latest in New York yeah. City, and then we need to have a legitimate discussion about what you are going to do because there's a lot yeah. of people in blue states, New York, California. Don't forget Illinois uh, that have been oh, New so Jersey. outlandish. We're, New Jersey, it's Connecticut, be crazy. Connecticut, the whole New England, all up all up the Northeast of the United States. Uh, anyone who listens to us in the Pacific Northwest, you know, Oregon. We got a big big audience in Oregon. We got people listening in, in Washington State. Clay, it's going to be a mess because they're going to go back to, I think, preemptively. So yes. what I had been hoping for, and I really was hoping, was that preemptive was that was that they would at least wait to see what the numbers were. Remember, we kept saying over the summer, I don't know how bad COVID's going to be, so it's tough to tell. But what I'm seeing now is they're not going to wait to look at the numbers in New York and California, really. They're going to start implementing things in advance of what they think is the surge that's coming. Even in heavily vaccinated states, places like Vermont, by the way, they're setting all-time records, even though they have sky-high vaccination rates. And does Fauci ever get pushed on what's going on with that? Oh, it's just the unvaccinated. It's not just the unvaccinated. They were lying about that. That was either, I mean, you could say they were catastrophically wrong or they were lying. But yes, the unvaccinated are at higher risk for hospitalization and death based on the data. True. In terms of spread, 
the numbers have gotten a lot closer to where we can't even talk about breakthrough infections as breakthroughs, right? Because they're happening all over the place. I know, don't you know, I know plenty of people. I've met people, uh, I have friends who were fully vaccinated, got COVID. It's right? happening but, in sports left and right, Buck, which is where a lot of people see it, right? Coaches and players are being held out because they're testing positive for COVID. Mm-hmm. They're double vaccinated. It's still happening. You, you guys are going to have to, you and Mrs. Travis, you have to get one of those like little prefab houses that they sometimes will throw up for like, uh, you know, mules or farm, just a little guest house for me on the property. What I don't know if do I can handle it. I mean, and there are I, I a lot of people I'm, who are going to have to make this choice. You're a single guy. So a lot of people are held down by kids or jobs or parents or, you know, variety of different reasons. In theory, you can do when we've done this radio show all over the country. We appreciate all the affiliates. I'm going to be in Atlanta at our affiliate on Friday. Uh, for the SEC championship game. You've done the show all over the place, Florida, uh, Milwaukee. But what are you going to do if they start saying, hey, you have to wear masks everywhere again. When you're in the gym, you have to have a mask on while you're on the treadmill or lifting weights or yeah, whatever they're, they're, else. Are you going to do this all winter? Again? I don't know, man. They're just going to make us all fat and miserable again and not stop COVID because that doesn't stop. It didn't stop it the last time. When I say it stop zero it, it doesn't even doesn't even dramatically reduce it. Otherwise, we would see it in the data, the masking stuff. Wait, but here's here's Fauci. We, we want to ask. But notice how quickly, by the way, when I talk about the Travis guest house, he changes the subject. I'm well, just putting I mean, that out. You know I, what I, I mean? I'm like, hey, you know? He's like, Buck, where are you going <laughs> yeah. to go? I'm like, I don't know. Travis Manor. I hear good things about it. But here, here we go. We've it got is a to, nice place. We've got Fauci here telling everybody, you know, masks. They do something. Well, masking certainly does something. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Uh, The idea about mandates, again, it depends on where you are and what the circumstances you're in. One thing for sure, that if you are in an indoor congregate setting where you don't know the vaccination status of the people around you, you should wear a mask. We're going to be traveling soon. People will be traveling for the upcoming holidays. You're going to be in airports that are generally crowded. Keep that mask on. I know when people go to eat at the food courts, to the best of your ability, stay away from that and keep your mask on. You have to have a mask on (laughs) when you're on the plane, but make sure you have it on when you're at the airport. Clay, Clay, this guy is amazing. I mean, it's it's really gotten to me too much. Now, first of all, he says, we, we talk about masks, it certainly does something. Yeah. Okay, I want to be like, okay, smartass, what does it do? What are the give me the numbers, at least with vaccines, they have data and they'll present you with the data and the data on preventing people from going to the hospital or dying is still very strong. Hopefully it continues to be that way. The data on stopping the spread, you've noticed they've gotten a little fuzzier on because it's it's getting weaker and weaker. That's why we have boosters. We all know what's going on here. Where's this data on masking? Where's the actual give me the numbers? 30 percent reduction, 10 percent reduction. If you have no data. It is not science. It is superstition. Also, the phrase certainly does something is the exact opposite of science, right? Uh, to your point, share the actual data. But even using that phrase, if you said to someone, uh, if you're if you're if you try to make that argument to your kids, hey, I need you to clean your room. Why? Because it certainly does something. They'd be like, well, I, I, I told you so is a better argument than it certainly does something. The data reflects, by the way, that it certainly doesn't do anything. Because, again, when he says certainly do, does something, and this is important, 
a lot of what they're saying is if you wear a surgical N95 mask, there is some degree of protection, but people aren't wearing those. The masks that people are wearing, the stupid cloth masks, the gaiters from the necks that you pull up, it's worthless. It's totally and completely worthless. You are a sheep at this point if you are still walking around with your mask feeling like you are doing anything to make things safer. I don't want to dodge your question, though, about what will I do as, yeah. a, as a New Yorker? And we have a huge number of folks listening on WORNYC right now, right? So they're, a lot of them are either out, they're right outside the city, some of them live in the city, but they'll be dealing with the madness too. What, what will I do here? I mean, I, I don't know, man. I, I think that Florida as a beacon of freedom is becoming, at least for the winter period of, of possible Fauciite madness, increasingly attractive. And Governor Ron is just, he's just spiking it in the end zone of the libs these days. He is so en fuego. Check this out. In Florida, we will not let them lock you down. We will not let them take your jobs. We will not let them harm your businesses. We will not let them close your schools. The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. To even be entertaining the idea of doing destructive, disastrous policies like lockdowns. I mean, honestly, I'm not surprised uh, because I think some people are just wired for this. But it is not going to happen in the state of Florida. You can take that to the bank. Boom. I might and that si- might be a persuasive case for you to just say, I'm going to Florida for the for the winter. You're going to relocate? EIB South, my man. We might have to make it happen. EIB Command down in Florida. It's been there before. So that's yeah, something- Rush was in Florida for a long time. I mean, honestly, if I were still living in New York or California or Illinois and or Northeast and I was having to deal with a potential another winter of lockdowns, I would move. I would get out of there. I wouldn't be able to deal with it. I would have lost my mind before now. I'm so glad to live in the free states of the SEC footprint. God bless red state America. Mike Lindell, by the way, he's the inventor of my pillow and his team fit us for our own pillows and introduced us to their ever growing list of incredible products. You can trust Mike Lindell to give you a great night's sleep. We love the pillows. Got them all throughout the house in my household. The boys have them on our bed. We got them on our bed. Even the cats. Cats have taken over a bed. They've got my pillows on their beds as well. For a limited time, Mike's offering his my pillow, the one that started it all, the lowest price ever. You can get a standard my pillow for nineteen ninety eight. It was originally sixty nine ninety eight. That's a fifty dollar savings with the promo code Clay and Buck. It's a heck of a deal. How do you get signed up, Buck? It's so easy, folks. Just go to mypillow.com, click on the radio listener specials, and enter promo code Clay and Buck or call eight hundred seven nine two three two six nine. That's 800-792-3269 for these great radio specials. Again, MyPillow.com. Click on Radio Listener Specials and enter promo code Clay and Buck. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts. Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. 
Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose Podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my, this idea of what, do, is, that, is that my baggage? It look like my baggage. I mean, I know, oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, it, it would have been, Ooh, a, been the podcast juicy. would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Welcome back into the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton show. 800-282-2882 on the phone lines. When does the madness stop? When do we go back to life as we know it, taking reasonable precautions, doing what we have to do, but not going beyond what is reasonable? I think that's something that we have to be considering here very much. Do we have our friend? Yes, we do. Mr. Uh, Adam Carolla is with us now, as promised. He is, of course, the host of the Adam Carolla uh, podcast. He is a comedian. You all know him from many appearances on Fox. Adam, thanks for being with us. First time on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. I've been listening to you guys, and uh, I've done radio for 20 years, and you guys sound fantastic, so keep up the good work. Oh, that's very kind of you. Thank you. Clay and I get along. I mean, I'm not going to let him get away with not setting up a guest house yet. Don't worry. We're going to go back to that. But Because i got to escape, Adam, the madness in New York City. Uh, it's crazy. You're a California guy. You've got the same thing. So the question I want to pose to you is, is it, well, it's a combination of two things. One, I'm I'm actually surprised at how much madness the uh, a lot of Americans are willing to put themselves through in this COVID era. And uh, two, or the second part of it is, when do you think people finally say they've had enough of this, given that we're heading into the winter again and cases are rising despite all the vaccination and all the rest of it? Well, some people 
enjoy it. And when I say enjoy it, I don't mean enjoy it like you enjoy a, a popsicle during the summer months. I mean, they kind of need it. You know what I mean? There's a kind of psychosis that's going on with some people where it's, it's I don't know, Stockholm syndrome or something. They, they fall in love with their captors or they're the abuse victims that blame themselves. Like there's a definite psycho drama going on where some people sort of need it. Uh, the others that are sickened by it are not going to go along with this. And I mean, we're already there in the sense that think about 10 years ago, if you heard, if you heard news, CDC says two years ago, you would be all in, right? What's the CDC say? And or CDC recommends and you would go, okay, I'll do whatever they tell me. Now your arms are folded and your foot is tapping and your eyebrows raised. And you're like, yeah, what's the CDC got to say today? I don't believe it. Adam, this Clay. Appreciate you coming on. When you talk with other comedians, Privately, not all publicly. You saw the craziness of Dave Chappelle, the people who were protesting. I hope you saw the video of the people counter-protesting, saying like, hey, we like jokes, we like to laugh, which was amazing. What do comedians say privately that they're afraid to say publicly about the era in which we're in right now? And when you did the man show and all the things that you guys did back in the day, would you have ever believed that we would find ourselves where we are right now? No, I I always think, you know, once they get to the comedians, it means they got to everyone else in society because the comedians are kind of the last to fall. But they have gotten to a lot of the comedians. You know, they don't start by going after the comedians. They finish with the comedians. First, you have to get the professors and the faculty and, you know, all the people in the positions of power. And then at some point when you run out of garbage men and plumbers, you get to the comedians and they actually got to the comedians, which is sad because you want the comedians to speak their mind and to have their own space. I mean, really what you want out of comedians is what you would like out of Fauci. You don't like the idea that the guy's been made, right? I, I want him independent, autonomous, giving his own opinion regardless of politics or how it looks, and that's what you want out of comedians. We're speaking to Adam Carolla, host of the Adam Carolla podcast. Uh, and, Adam, you know, to, to that end, we're, we're talking about who's willing to make jokes, what jokes they're willing to make. Joe Biden is the president of the United States right now which one would think is a fertile ground for a whole lot of jokes to be made. Do you at least hear from people? Because, you know, you're, you're tied into the comedy community. You're a guy who's been doing this for many years and, and with a lot of success, and you know many of the big names in the business personally. Do they feel like they can't make jokes about this current regime of lunacy, or is it that they don't actually see it as funny because, as you say, they've gotten to them in a way that's not just they're scared of making the jokes. They don't even see the jokes anymore. You know, there's there's two schools of thought. Yes, that it's their guy. Yeah, they always do that. We're equal opportunity offenders. It's kind of the same thing SNL does. You know, they go, oh, we go after anyone who's in power until their guy gets into power, and then they don't go after them anymore. But the thing about that makes 
Joe Biden sort of unique is he is bordering on it's unfair to make fun of Joe Biden. It's like it's one thing to call one of your dorky friends from the neighborhood uh, what we used to call the R word. I think, you know, you could make a lot of jokes about friends. But if someone is actually retarded you can't make fun of them that would be cruel and we're getting to the point with joe biden where he may have a disability i mean there's a cognitive decline there like in in a weird way it's almost cruel to make fun of joe biden now that doesn't mean you want him as the president but it's getting up against the rev limiter of saying is it even fair to make fun of this guy? There's something clearly wrong with him. Adam, do you feel like I do when you travel? Because you live in L.A., and I wonder if part of you has thought, hey, I need to leave California like Elon Musk and a lot of other uh, people have. But when you travel around all over the place doing comedy like you do, you go to two different worlds. Red and blue has never been further apart in terms of what the setup is with COVID-related restrictions, right? And so do you yeah. feel like you're going to two different worlds in a way that you never have before? Because you've been traveling doing comedy for a long time. It's it's eye-opening to go from where I live in Nashville to L.A. or Nashville to New York or vice versa in a way that it's never been before. Oh, absolutely. During the beginning of the pandemic, you know, living in L.A., I started scheduling haircuts, massages and steak dinners for my travel. Like I was like, oh, good. I'm going to Nashville. I can get a haircut. Uh, I'm going to Houston. We can have a steak dinner after the show. Like I was literally planning things you should be walking to in your own neighborhood. I was planning them around the country, number one. Number two, I do feel like, you know, those athletes that come from Turkey or some other oppressive regime, and they're trying to explain to everyone how lucky they have it here in the United States. I feel that way when I travel, except for I'm talking about leaving California and going to Texas or Florida and telling everyone how lucky they are that they can walk around without a mask and go into a go in and get a haircut or a steak. Adam, where can folks go to listen to your show and follow more of your work? Because we want them to check out all the things you're up to. You can go to adamcrolla.com and find all the tour dates and the podcasts and all the merch and all that stuff. And if you want to, uh, Check out the special I'm doing. You can go to Daily Wire because I'm doing a series of stand-up specials on the Daily Wire. Oh, that's Wire. great. We love the Daily Wire guys. Give them our regard. Yeah, they do that's fantastic awesome. work. It's called yeah. Truth Yeller there, I believe. And uh, we need I need to send you my phone number because I heard you got a text and said, hey, this is Clay, and you thought it was me, but it was actually Clay Aiken. <laughs> yes, you guys are quite different, but I did get a text saying, hey, it's Clay. Give me a buzz. Um, I, I want to, oh God, oh, uh, McCain wanted, uh, McCain to come on, um, uh, Megan McCain. So I got this text going, Hey, it's Clay. I want you to talk to Megan McCain. I thought, Oh good. It's Clay Travis. And I called back and it was Clay Aiken. Uh, the other Clay. Disappointed mo momentarily. Yeah. The other white meat. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. Adam Kroll, everybody. Adam, great to have you, man. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks guys. Keep up the good work. 
You don't want to be online this holiday season without a layer of privacy. The number of cyber thieves active this time of year is very high. They're clever at tricking you with one holiday offer or another, and when they do, that's when they gain access to the data on your phone or your computer. Who and how do you protect yourself? Well, with ExpressVPN. This is a virtual private network, which is a smart way to protect yourself every time you're online. It's a way to anonymize yourself or make yourself invisible online. There's a lot of VPNs available, but ExpressVPN is the best one and the only one we recommend. Think of them this way. Every time you're online, ExpressVPN creates a secure encrypted tunnel between your device and the Internet. Hackers can't steal your sensitive data, which could be your credit card info or your password, for instance. ExpressVPN is easy to use. I've got the app on my phone. You click one button, and Clay, you're protected. No doubt. You can secure your online data today by visiting expressvpn.com slash Clay. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-V-P-N dot com slash Clay. You can get an extra three months for free. One more time, that's expressvpn.com slash Clay. Welcome in. Hour number two, Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show. Appreciate all of you hanging out with us all over the country. Thanks to Adam Carolla, comedian who joined us in the first hour of this program. We've been discussing a lot of different storylines. COVID, the insanity of comedians being censored. And I want to pivot here to a story that has actually been really positive in the world of sports. Most people who are in sports have not been paying attention to it. But Fox News, CNN, to their credit, has also covered it to a certain extent. It has to do with Enos Cantor, who is a center for the Boston Celtics, uh, the NBA team. And you guys know that sports has basically become politics by another name over the past several years. And the most outspoken athletes in general have tended to be in the NBA. They wore slogans on the back of their jerseys. They have refused to stand for the national anthem. They refused to play games memorably after Jacob Blake was shot. Boy, was that a big swing and a miss. But what they've not done is be willing to hold any other countries to the same standard that they're willing to hold the United States. Now, my position, I wrote a whole book about this called Republicans Buy Sneakers 2, which is a famous quote of Michael Jordan. When he was asked why he wasn't political, he said Republicans buy sneakers too. And my argument has been, look, as a capitalist, I understand if you decide, hey, you know what? I really don't want to get involved in politics because people who buy tickets to come watch our games, people who watch our games on television, they're Republicans, Democrats, independents. They don't really necessarily break down directly along political lines. In other words, there are a lot of people out there who love the NBA, might have had courtside seats and voted for Donald Trump. That percentage of the population exists and there's millions of them out there well what i have argued is it's ridiculous for lebron james to say i'm not just going to shut up and dribble which is what he said and then do that exactly for china and so i've been waiting for an nba player who was willing to actually speak out against china and obviously this blew up in a big way because Daryl Morey, who is a general manager in the NBA, had the audacity to tweet support for Hong Kong freedom, and then everybody in the NBA basically ran the opposite direction. Wait a minute, you're all outspoken about the importance of social justice in the United States, but you won't speak out against uh, in favor of basic human rights around the world. So Enos Cantor 
has been calling out, Buck, all of these different athletes. He wore shoes against LeBron James that pictured LeBron James being crowned by Chairman Z. Remember, LeBron James calls himself King James, kneeling at the foot of China's dictator and receiving a crown. It was amazing that he would wear those shoes. He's called out a lot of different aspects of uh, the NBA and their response to China. And almost no other player or coach has been willing to. And so he now has become a United States citizen, and he has changed his last name to Freedom. He talked about that. His name is now Enos Cantor Freedom. His back of the jersey he will have on his jersey is Freedom. This is significant because Enos Cantor is Turkish, and his family has been horribly treated by the dictator basically running Turkey. But here is Enos Cantor. Let's play Cut 18, talking about becoming a United States citizen. I'm Enos Cantor Freedom. You're about to declare on oath. That I absolutely and entirely. That I absolutely and entirely. Renounce and abjure. Renounce and abjure. All allegiance and fidelity. All allegiance and fidelity. To any foreign prince or potentate. To any foreign and prince. That I will support and defend. And I will support and defend. The Constitution. The Constitution. And laws. And laws. Of the United States of America. Of the United States of America. That I take this obligation freely. That I take this obligation freely. Without any, any mental reservation. Without any mental reservation. Or purpose of evasion. Or purpose of evasion. So help me God. So help me God. All right, congratulations. You're now a citizen of the United States. So okay, so congratulations to Enos Cantor Freedom, who now has adopted that name. Uh, as he has become a citizen of the United States. Buck, you don't necessarily pay a lot of attention to the NBA, although I think you said when you were a kid you'd occasionally go to Knicks games at Madison Square Garden. I had Garden. family members uh, that had season tickets to the Knicks for, for many years, my cousins, uh, and so I used to go to a lot of Knicks games back when they called it the Bomb Squad, and there was like Trent Tucker and uh, uh, what was that, uh, John Starks. And, oh, yeah. Uh, they had all these... They'd look, they were they'd, Patrick Ewing obviously was their marquee player. They had a great team back then. I used to go, but obviously we didn't have all of these athletes with Twitter constantly dumping on America. It's not right. just the NBA. It's all over the place. So I, I really don't watch the NBA as, as a largely now political decision. I just don't want to support what they do. That said, Enes Cantor Freedom, which, by the way, he stole my idea. I was thinking maybe when I hit my 40th, I'd change my last name to Buck Freedom, which would be awesome, <laughs> by the way. Think about all the T-shirts I could sell. Uh, but he's he's a reminder of you, you mentioned that he's uh, left Turkey. Uh, yes. That is his home country is Turkey, where Erdogan is effectively an authoritarian. It's one of the worst places in the world. Uh, it's you know up there with China in terms of press freedom. In Turkey, you are not allowed to say certain things. There are uh, there are plenty of journalists who have been put in prison for saying things the regime doesn't like. And so people that have experienced that have a particular love of freedom when they see it and and know it uh, when it's actually around them. So there's the inspirational component here of somebody who obviously is also a millionaire he's playing in the nba he's come to this country but he loves this country and you have to wonder how could anybody who's in a similarly privileged status i mean to be an elite athlete in america in the nba in any of the major professional sports leagues where you're famous and rich and not feel incredibly blessed i mean i think it at some level clay it's not only that we expect or we would expect people to feel uh, patriotic about a country that allows them to play a kid's game for fame and fortune. But beyond that, it feels like, how could you not just be a grateful person? 
right? So, I mean, LeBron James's attitude is just crappy a lot of the time. People see it. They know it when he kicked the people out recently. Inez Cantor is talking about how great America is. We all sit around saying, doesn't everyone kind of think this place who lives here, who's at that level, who's experiencing America in this way? I mean, obviously, there are immigrants who come here from, you know, from China, from from Cuba, from you name it, who have experienced authoritarianism. And they're just happy to be here. Right. I mean, it's another thing to be here and become an American and be among the very elite in this country. So the gratitude and the love of, of love of America is very much refreshing. And. These guys know what the importance of American citizenship actually represents. And one of the things that I think is a nonpartisan idea, a part of me thinks that if every American had to serve the country for a year, maybe abroad, where you saw what actually exists, I don't mean go abroad and like go to Mexico and stay at a resort. I mean, go to other countries in the world and understand what they actually deal with, the people who live there. And that's kind of what Enos Cantor said last night. If we play cut 20, he was asked about Americans who criticize America. Many of the people out there who are criticizing America the most are not immigrants because the immigrants understand how fortunate they are to be here. Listen to Enos Cantor talk about Americans who criticize America. I'm going to be honest. People should feel really blessed and lucky to be in America because, you know, they love the criticize it but when you live a country like turkey or or, you know china or somewhere else you will appreciate the freedoms you have here you know so i feel like they should just please they they should just keep their mouth shut and stop criticizing the greatest nation in the world and they should focus on you know their freedoms and their human rights and their uh, democracy so america give me everything i have so i I definitely appreciate the united states of america i don't know if i'm gonna have room in my closet now i gotta get Aaron Rodgers jerseys for his standing up to the uh, to the mandate machine. And I got to get freedom jerseys, right? It's going to say freedom on the jersey. That's amazing. Is it going to be Cantor freedom or how are they going to do it? I think it'll just say freedom. Here's the question. Are athletes finally standing up and starting to abandon the woke agenda? Because my argument for a long time has been athletics represents everything anti-woke, right? There's a meritocracy. You are responsible for your own individual excellence. You like professional athletics and the pursuit of athletic excellence in general is the antithesis of everything woke because it's about demonstrating elite talent. The people who are the best get paid the most. And also, ultimately, you're responsible for yourself. And it's been like athletes and coaches are afraid to say anything. And when I see Aaron Rodgers, granted he tested positive for COVID, but when he came out and he didn't bow down and say, oh, I'm so sorry, he said, I think the COVID mandate basically is stupid that the NFL has. And when you see Enos Cantor coming out now and calling out LeBron James himself for the hypocrisy of ripping America while pocketing tons of money from China and the league itself, are athletes finally starting to get red-pilled themselves, Buck? I think the answer may very well be yes. There's a huge market, obviously, right? And you're somebody who understands this from the sports side as as an entrepreneur and as somebody who's built a, a, a very successful business in the sports realm, which is that people want sports, but they also want sports through the, the lens of sanity and loving America. Yes. Like, it doesn't it doesn't have to be this spiteful, divisive, woke garbage that you see all the time. Now, there are going to be athletes, a lot of them, and maybe it's a huge majority of them that still take that approach. 
But there's obviously a big lane here for people. And by the way, it doesn't have to be partisan. It's just what we're talking about. Gratitude, patriotism. How about we just start with that? Grateful to be where they are and patriotic and show some love for their country. It doesn't mean you're not allowed to have opinions and disagree with people on other things publicly. And of course, they're going to do that anyway. But just starting from that premise instead of I'm always going to look for every opportunity possible to dump on America as a multimillionaire celebrity who gets to play a kid's game for fame and fortune. I'm going to constantly try to elevate myself among my peer group and essentially virtue signal by pretending America's so awful. You know, yeah, I mean, if you're a guy that's, you know, uh, been been welding for 20 years and working hard with your hands and been getting paid by the hour and you see that stuff going on, you might think to yourself, I don't want to watch these crybabies anymore. I think a lot of people have taken that position. I, w- I kind of wish more would, quite honestly. I don't think there's any doubt about that, Buck. And what I would point out is, while we're talking about Enos Cantor and Fox News and CNN have talked about him, you know who almost hasn't talked about him at all? The sports media. Because the sports media is even more woke than the political media. This is, I know you're right, but mind. when you say this, I'm just like, that can't even be, right? Like, how could the, how could the sports media be more woke than the news media, which is 95% Democrat? Because there's 5% that aren't. It doesn't exist in sports media. It's amazing. It's amazing for me, how that even, how that even happened. I was right? the only person in sports media, the entire industry, to acknowledge that he was voting for Donald Trump. Not one other person. Now, there are other people who did. My DMs blew up with people who you see on television every night. They just said, if I said I was voting for Donald Trump and I work at ESPN or I work at CBS or I work at NBC, I'm afraid I'd lose my job. And that's probably, how that's how and they're probably right. And they're probably right. They're probably. They're yeah, probably they're, they're on point there. Clay, what do you got for us with Legacy Box? Man, an incredible offer. You've heard us talk about this great company from Chattanooga, Tennessee, my home state, my mom's home city. They digitally transfer old family videos and film onto digital files that allow you to see family memories again. They do the same thing for old pictures, slides, audio cassettes, you name it. This week, they're offering a 65% off regular pricing deal. So if you'd like to get this as a holiday gift for somebody in your family, there's no better way to celebrate the holidays than by taking a trip down memory lane. So many families are already out there that have benefited from Legacy Box's expertise and technology. They make this really easy, and this week they make it affordable too. 65% off their normal pricing you send this to chattanooga tennessee they track it they get your memories preserved forever we've met these guys and girls they do fantastic work and right now buck they have got a well of an offer for you visit legacybox.com slash buck for an incredible 65 percent off any sized legacy box that's legacybox.com slash buck for 65 percent off don't wait this deal is not going to last long the website is LegacyBox.com slash Buck. You can get 65% off. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. 
when I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my, from this idea of what, do, is, that, is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know, oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it, it would have been, Ooh, a, been the podcast juicy. would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Welcome to the third hour of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton show. Got a special surprise for all of you. We are going to get to the Jussie Smollett trial in this hour and also uh, the Hunter Biden getting a big gem and promises of tens of millions to the Chinese Communist Party tied businessmen. Really, all major business in China is tied to the CCP. First, we have the former. Speaker of the House of Representatives with us now, Mr. Newt Gingrich. Newt, thanks for calling in. Oh, I'm delighted. How are you doing? We're, we're doing pretty well here, sir. Thank you. We're covering a lot today. One thing we were going to get to in this hour, we're glad you're calling in because we wanted you to re- give us your, your sense of it, your assessment of it, is how just last week there was a mass murder, a mass casualty attack in Waukesha, Wisconsin, at a Christmas parade, and there's almost... No media coverage of it. And there's certainly no national conversation or ongoing discussion about this threat and what it what it uh, indicates for uh, America going forward. Why so different from other attacks, sir? Well, I think that it's clear you had uh, an African-American driver who was a convicted convict who had been let out on a thousand dollar bail, who had a history of violence who had posted on his website <laughs> excuse me <clears throat> had posted on his website both anti-white comments and 
uh, an essay on how to use a, a vehicle to kill people. Um, now, that totally violates the news media's narrative, which is that all danger comes from white nationalists uh, and that uh, all African-Americans are victims. And, of course, this guy murderously killed eight innocent people, wounded 40 in a Christmas parade. So, you know, it, it could have become a gigantic national story, except that the elite media wanted to smother it. Uh, and you can tell part of the smothering is that the vice pre that the president of the United States, who is flying over Waukesha as of the last report, because he's going to Minnesota, is not going to stop, is not going to meet with the families of the dead and the wounded, is not going to see where, this, where it occurred, because that would draw national attention to the fact that somebody, that all of the racist versions from the left are wrong. Uh, this, this particular violent person uh, is African-American. Uh, his victims are all white. Um, he had clearly should not have been let out of jail. Well, if you're a left-wing liberal who believes that nobody ought to be in jail anyway, and you've been part of, for example, the New York no-bail program where people just automatically get out, or you've been in San Francisco where you have a communist district attorney who refuses to, uh, to jail people, you don't want to be told that there's something dangerous about letting dangerous people out. And you don't want to draw the attention to the fact that crime in America is a lot more complicated than the NBC News version. Uh, and so they just smother it. I mean, they, they, they hide from the American people the truth about what happened. We're talking to former Speaker of the House, Congressman Newt Gingrich. Uh, Congressman, I know you're a huge student of history. And one of the great things about history is it allows you to see beyond what's going on right now in this moment and look ahead. Are you optimistic about the next 20 years of America based on your looking at the way things have moved historically, or are you pessimistic? Well, I just published a book called Beyond Biden uh, to make the point that, in fact, we're going to get past this. Uh, I mean, you have a president who falls asleep at international conferences. You have a vice president who's so goofy that there's a website that actually has 10 hours of her laughing. I mean, think about that one for a minute. That's great. And I've, I've told people, I feel more comfortable with Biden sleeping than with Harris laughing. <laughs> uh, you know, and, that, and that's your national leadership team. Uh, and then you've got uh, a system which is going to, I think, basically destroy itself. I mean, somewhere between a million four hundred thousand independent, I mean, illegal people crossing the border with no check for COVID or for criminal records, uh, massive inflation, high cost of energy, uh, regulatory obstruction of the entire economy, and, and, and an infrastructure crisis where there are, I think, 90 ships offshore from Long Beach and Los Angeles who cannot get in to be unloaded, um, an, an inability to competently withdraw from Afghanistan without getting young Americans killed and without leaving behind several hundred Americans and several thousand allies. Um, just go down the list. This, this is not a system which is going to get reelected by the American people. We're getting to see what big government socialism is like. It does not work. And we need to recognize that it does not work. Uh, and I think that's uh, uh, going to be a, a major theme for the next year is, you know, that, that it ain't working. And just 
you can ask your audience how many different things do they encounter every week where it just clearly ain't working. We're speaking to former Speaker of the House, Newt Gingrich. He's got a new book out, Beyond Biden, Rebuilding the America We Love. And, uh, Newt, I want to know, how do we do the rebuilding part? Clay and I do a pretty good job here of pounding the drum over all the, because it's not hard to point out the things, right? You just got to make sure you dive into it and approach the failures of the Biden administration with rationality. Uh, but how do we rebuild? What is What does the upside look like? Essentially, what is your case for American optimism in the face of what feels like an already failed Biden regime? Well, I mean, first of all, you've got, you have to win by a decisive margin the 2022 and 2024 elections. But if you do that, if you go out and put your shoulder to it, we're going to win. We're going to win big because people are going to repudiate this to the current team. And then for the first time since 1994, I think we do need a contract with America. I think we need big, positive, good things that people nod and say, yeah, that's what I want. Uh, and I think that that can be developed. I personally believe we ought to go back to balancing the budget. When I was Speaker, we balanced the federal budget for four times, the only time in your lifetime that we've had four consecutive balanced budgets. We weren't talking about raising the debt ceiling. We were paying off the debt. Uh, and you, and it's very valuable to go to a balanced budget because it forces you to make choices. It forces you to root out corruption and inefficiency, and it forces you to rethink what you're doing. And when we did it, it was very effective. We we reformed welfare and returned to a work ethic. <laughs> and remember, you're dealing right now with an administration which is repealing all of the work requirements that President Clinton and I put in in the 1990s, which were enormously effective. Uh, it, it's not good to give people money to stay at home if they're capable of going to work. Uh, it undermines, and by the way, this is something which President Franklin D. Roosevelt talked about in a State of the Union in 1935. And he said, you know, welfare, if you stay at home, and it, it undermines your, your character. It weakens you uh, and morally and spiritually, uh, and it, it's very dangerous. We're and talking to former... What we're faced with. Former Speaker of the House Newt Gingrich here with us. His new book is Beyond Biden, Rebuilding the America We Love. You mentioned uh, the welfare reform that you and President Clinton helped to pass. That was after a shellacking that President Clinton got in 1994. I agree with you that Biden and the Democratic Party is likely to get a real whipping in 2022. Based on what you know of Clinton, you know what happened. Clinton brought in Dick Morris. He triangulated. He basically started to take Republican ideas, and that allowed him to get reelected in 1996. Is Joe Biden adroit enough politically to adjust like Bill Clinton did in 1994 after the whipping he's likely to get in 2022? Or is he going to continue to try to pursue the same failed policies in your mind? In other words, could history repeat itself? Does Biden have the political talents that Bill Clinton had post-1994? You know, I honestly don't know. Uh, the The left is much stronger today than it was in 1994. And the left is much more, you know, the left became very bitter about the Clintons and felt that they'd sold them out. When, when, when Clinton agreed to sign welfare reform, <clears throat> he agreed to sign a capital gains tax cut, he agreed to sign a balanced budget. From the standpoint of, of the big government socialist left, that was horrible. And that, that was a betrayal of the true faith 
and they never forgave him or Hillary for it. Uh, that bothered him vastly more than any kind of scandal, uh, because it was a violation of their core religious beliefs in big government and in taking money away from everybody and running it through bureaucracies. So uh, whether or not Biden would be would have the personal strength to do it, uh, whether or not the team he's assembled would would allow him to do it. Remember the when when we won by June or so of 1995, uh, Clinton's team wanted him to move to the left, and he said to them, "If I do that, I'll get beaten." 1996, uh, I've got to move towards Gingrich, and that's why we ended up in one of the most uh, striking moments of my career, uh, hosting the president for the State of the Union. And having Bill Clinton say, the era of big government is over. I mean, you know, you had to give him a standing ovation. What are you going to do? You're sitting right behind him. Uh, so I found myself applauding this liberal Democrat who had just repudiated the entire left wing of his party. Uh, whether or not Biden would be capable of that, and frankly, whether or not he has the energy. Remember, Clinton was a young man. Uh, he had a ton of energy. Uh, he was very smart and very flexible. Uh, Biden's not as smart as Clinton. He's not as flexible as Clinton. And I'm not sure that at the age he'll be uh, by by 2024 that, that he will have the physical energy to undertake that kind of a change. Speaker of the House Newt Gingrich, every former Speaker of the House Newt Gingrich. Uh, sir, thanks so much for being with us, and everyone should check out Newt's book, Beyond Biden, Rebuilding the America we love. Thank you so much, sir. Thank you. You're already spending too much money on gas, groceries, and too many other everyday items you rely on. Don't do the same with your cell phone bill. Pure Talk is on the exact same 5G network using the exact same towers as one of those big carriers, but for a heck of a lot less. If you're with AT&T, Verizon, or T-Mobile, you're spending too much money for the same quality of service. I don't even need to see your phone bill to tell you that. You're likely to save about 50 bucks a month or more, and switching is so easy. You can keep your number and your phone. And Clay, what's their latest offer? Because it's amazing. It's phenomenal. My own son has signed up for Pure Talk. I've had these guys into my house. And listen to this offer right now. Could save you 50 bucks a month, $800 a year. Unlimited talk, text, and six gigs of data on Pure Talk's 5G network. For just $30 a month, you want unlimited data, you can still save a fortune plus Pure Talk has a great price on an iPhone 12 if you're out there shopping. Tens of thousands of you have signed up since Pure Talk started to advertise with this show. Claire in New York, she made the switch, bought a new iPhone, and she's saving hundreds of dollars a year and enjoying great cell phone service, too. Top-notch customer service, 100% working in the U.S. under the direction of a CEO that's a U.S. veteran. Plus, 30-day risk-free guarantee you have nothing to lose. How do you sign up from your cell phone? Grab it in your hands right now. Dial pound 250, say Pure Talk. And you'll save 50% off your first month, and you can save on a new phone as well. That's pound 250. Say Pure Talk. Some restrictions apply. Call for details. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts. Of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. 